I had to like get on and explain like podcast mic technique to people for this new podcast job I have. Have you thought about explaining that to me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, depending on whose version of history you've read, I might have already explained it. Oh, no. (laughs) Because I've decided to revise. Ah, yes, I see. Never did it in school, but I decided to start now. I was like, yeah, but the other person I do this podcast with, like, never does it. And, like, it's fine if you, you know, it's like, so whatever. (laughs) It's it's fine. It's, like, mostly great if you do this, but also, like, uh, whatever if you don't. And they all thought it was so funny. So thanks for the last Just run. dragging me. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenyon. And I'm Jerome. It's our last episode of Pride Month, which means we've got to get in all the last minute gay news. We're talking Carl. We're talking Luca. We're talking uh, fashion. <laughs> okay, Carl, Luca fashion. <laughs> Is, it, is that how you measure time, Jerome? How do you measure measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee. I like that, though. I've never thought about this before. Okay. Daylight, sunsets, midnights, right? Mm-hmm. Those are all, like, time. Those are all, like, parts of the day. Right. Like, you could measure it in the number of, like, midnights, right? Absolutely. And then cups of coffee, like, kind of gets at it, but it's beginning to abstract. Yes. Then inches, miles is, like, short and the long. Last also, now we're time, we've moved from time yeah, to Yeah, we've moved from space. time to distance. It's good. I love that. Famously, time and space are the same. Do you know that? Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that we could, you know, move through time even more freely than we do now. Say more about that. Just like, you know, memories, imagination. You know water has memory. Wow. You know where I learned that from? Where? Frozen 2. <laughs> Frozen 2, they say water has memory. And I have to agree. I mean, it does. Everybody out here, all this... uh Data about how much carbon was emitted in, you know, millennia ago. Those carbon, um, what do they call those? You know, when you drill, like, ice cores, and you can, oh. like, then see the layers of... Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. There's, a, there's, like, a one-word thing for that process. Carbonara. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, not even two minutes in, and we've already gone from... <laughs> from... <laughs> Rent to Carbonara. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever play the Wikipedia game? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I loved the Wikipedia game and I was so good at it. But you, so you would, the, hi everyone. This is, we love that. Welcome. Um, (laughs) The Wikipedia game was, you would start on one Wikipedia page, like for rent. 
And then you would have to end up on another Wikipedia page, like for Carbonara. And you could only get there by like clicking on links on the different pages. Like you could go like link to link to link to link. That was how we used to like have fun in the library in middle school. (laughs) Same, literally same. I feel like that influenced the way that I think about things. Because now I like own, like, I absolutely hyperlink in my brain to just like, I said this word in a sentence and it's taking me. <laughs> wow, you're totally right. You know what I'm That's saying? That's literally how I think. <laughs> it's because we're digital natives. We're digital natives. We grew up on the internet. Would you say that you're a millennial or Gen Z? I never, I don't know. Everyone's tossing around this language and I'm like, I don't know who I identify, like, I don't know. Right. I think you're you're 96. Yeah. Years old. Yep. Which <laughs> makes you <laughs> the greatest generation. <laughs> uh, you're 1996, which I think is actually cusp. Ooh. Or I think that edge. that's like the last year that like really, like I'm 97 and I think that like culturally I am more of a millennial than I, or like culturally I'm cusp, but like I think that like when you really try to like nail it down to numbers, like 97 is the beginning of Gen Z. Okay. I love culturally I'm cusp. Culturally I'm cusp. That's the name of my book. We have such a wide array of, you know, you just cultural representations, genders in the room. Um, some people here identify as cusp and that's really important. Let's get into the moment for the world. Let's have yes. a moment for this world. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, now longtime listeners of this podcast will know (laughs) that I have had this theory of, you know, where are the LGBTQIA plus, uh, athletes in the four major sports leagues, men's sports leagues in the United States? What are the, what are those leagues? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, MLB. Work. NHL. Okay. NBA. Yes. NFL. National Football League. Except now it's the National F-Word League because... (laughs) (laughs) Carl! Carl! Miss Carl Nassib has come out of the closet. Now, there's so much good that I want to (laughs) say. There is something bad that I do have to say. Not starting with the bad. What is Should this? I not start with it? I feel like I should start with the bad and get it out of the way. Okay. Live your dream. So if you missed it, Carl Nassib, he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. Tough for my dad, because he was always an Oakland Raiders. I, I mean, yeah. I don't even... Oh my God, because that's make, where you're from. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense to say that. I'm like, yeah, well, what Las do you mean Vegas the Las Vegas Raiders? Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> um, he plays for the Las Vegas Raiders, and he came out of the closet. We love that. Now, here's the bad thing. Out of the way. There have... He's registered as a Republican in Florida from when he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) We just have to say that. (laughs) And that's bad. (laughs) Now, I don't know who he's voted for. I don't know. I don't Uh, know. But now let's get on to what's good. Not to erase that being a registered Republican, mm, can't get into that. (laughs) However... 
I think that this is great. Like, I again, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I think that this is like breaching a new realm of like, I mean, we've been talking about representation. It is famously still Pride Month. Yes. Um, I think this is like a new realm of representation. Like, I think that there are the people who, for whom like really ostentatious, like flamboyant, fabulous, uh, Amazing, uh, incredible. Femme, <laughs> queer men yeah. are like, obviously I think that that's important representation. Obviously I think that people who, like femmes stand to to suffer more at the hands of patriarchy, et cetera. Um, so like, I'm glad that that exists, but I think that there are a lot of queer people for whom like their representation, they can't like really tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of you know, the evidence of that being the 4,000 athletes in the, in these four sports leagues, that there was none of them until now who was openly, who has ever been openly queer. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, but he came out, which I think is great. Uh, donated a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project. I think that's great. Um, I also think, well, let me stop there. Oh, well, no, say you, (laughs) It is great. I mean, it's it's exciting to see someone who is an active player yeah. come out because absolutely we can all remember Michael Sam, but right. he came out. I believe he came out before like the draft, and then like was drafted, but then didn't actually play during the season. Yeah, he like came out when he and that was big. That was Huge. really big. He came out when he was like this. Like he had gotten some award playing in college. Mm. Um, as like one of the best college players. It said best one of the best college players <laughs> award. Um, but then, you know, and I think there is there was kind of some speculation around did this have anything to do with him coming out? Yeah. But like, you know, got drafted by like the Rams or something, but then never played and then was a free agent. I don't really know what the language is, but like he never was an active player in the NFL. Um so it is big that now there is an active player. Yeah. I mean, I have more questions than anything as to like, what is it? Being queer in the workplace, I think is yeah. a full, huge topic. And so many, I've heard perspectives from so many people, people who are teachers, healthcare professionals, et cetera. Um, and the, you know, the challenges that come with that um, and to, to disclose or not to disclose you know, whatever. Um, I'm curious, what is it like to be, to be an out sports person? Well, I think that, I think that there actually are, in terms of specifically workplace, or I guess in terms of like team, I guess there are a lot of parts that you would consider workplace that like are truly public facing. But like, I think that there are, Certain, I it seems like this is true of Carl, uh, but that there are certainly professional athletes who are out to their teammates, to their you know, to mm-hmm. their intimate circles, but are not out openly like to the public. Um, and so, yeah, I imagine that like the public, well, it. It kind of brings me back to why I think it is so important because I think that the, uh, not universally, but like there are probably many, many, many of these like, you know, 
famous athletes that we know who have not a single problem with having a a queer teammate. Yeah. Um I don't think I don't imagine and this again isn't universal. I don't imagine that that's the largest hurdle to overcome. I feel like the heart, the larger hurdle is like the fan base that like, you know, if you think about the typical NFL fan base that like it is not I would not feel like, oh yeah, this is these people are going to be immediately everyone is going to be incredibly welcoming and supportive of a queer person just because of like, you know, stereotypes and also because of like real things about demographics and like what, what to expect of, of some of these people. Um, Oh, that sounds so like weird and otherizing. And I don't mean for it to feel that way, but like, I think that there is right. Like there is a lot of like, you know, football culture, Sunday night football that like is really tied to like religious evangelical culture in America. Um, that is tied to like, you know, the racism of the NFL that like, wouldn't make me feel like, Oh yeah, this is going to be the place that's the most accepting. Yeah. I mean, I think you could even just look no further than like gendered sports events, like for people who not to, you know, conflate gender expression with sexuality, but these these things we have conflated in our society. And so, you know, to yeah. just kind of segregation on on that, that's a loaded term, segregation. But uh, I think you don't have to look further than that to be like, you know, people who... I totally, I, yeah, yeah. We're there in the same place. It's tricky, but like it is real. Like there's real... Yeah, I kind of I want, I want to put a finger on that just because... I think that's important. You know, like, why, like, representation, which we've been talking about for weeks now, is important because of a lot of reasons. One of those reasons is this reason that we're kind of having a a hard time putting our finger on. But it's that, like, queer people seem to be few and far between. And where you don't see those active expressions in whatever cultures they show up in or don't show up in, like, there's bound to be ignorance, fear, othering, et cetera, which is right. dangerous for queer people. Right. And part of why, part of what is so important about, or like what is important to understand about queer communities is that anyone can be queer. It is like, it is not the same as other, other types of, uh, identity that are like family based or are like, you know, that we understand to be genetically based. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I'm black and I, my family is black. Like I, my parents are black, my sister's black, my family's black. So like when it comes to, okay, do I have black people that I'm around? Like, yeah, they're in my family. Um, When it comes to queerness, uh, anyone can be queer. So the idea of, so, you know, there isn't the inherent like social structure already there. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I think then representation becomes so much more important because if you don't have, if you don't know anyone personally and you're not seeing it, if you're not seeing the representation in media or in wherever you're looking, then where are you going to see it? You're not going to see it anywhere. Um, 
And that's why I think that it's so important that, you know, and as we've been talking about, that there are a diversity of expressions of queerness and types of queer people that folks can look to. Um, And again, while I don't think this is like the most urgent, I do think that it's important that like in the, in the uh, cultural spaces that really value the NFL, Mm -hmm. that often does not really, uh, you know, Venn diagram overlap with cultural spaces that have a lot of queer representation. Yeah. Um, the NFL is very much tied to, again, like hyper-religious community, hyper-Christian communities uh, in the United States, which often are not the most welcoming spaces to queer people, um, to conservative politics, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, the fact that someone in that space can come out and, like, be a role model or, like, be something that, you know, young queer people can look to as, like, oh, like, it's like I can be, it's okay for me to be queer because he is and he is out and he's openly queer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's great. Um, it does kind of come back to the, the log, log cabin Republican of it all. Right. Which, again, I don't know what... Carl does right now. I don't know who he's voted for, whatever. Um, But I think that, you know, am I really dying for like more uh, (laughs) queer Republican representation? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like, I think it's a little antithetical. Um, But that being said, like, that feels very unrelated to, like, I don't think that a lot of people know that he is a Republican. I think, like, I saw that on Instagram. (laughs) Right, right. Um, and I don't think that, you know, I think that he, his coming out will do a lot more for a lot of young queer people than, than that particular aspect of it takes away. I really hope so. And I mean, he says in the, in the post that he makes about it, that like, he, he's doing it because he thinks representation is important because he yeah. thinks representation is important. Um, which is, which is huge. I'm thinking about. Sorry, this is kind of left turn. I'm thinking about you texted me this information. Would it? Yes. Happened yesterday. And you said we're taking over. We're taking <laughs> over. Um and I feel like like it's either that that I say or we're everywhere. Yeah. Like in response to this kind of news because what this is beautiful and fantastic and great and like high five Carl, go live your dream. Thank you. Yeah. And I guess I'm kind of just echoing what what you said all those weeks ago when you talked about where are all the queer athletes, yeah. specifically in the in the four major leagues, because like we are everywhere, and wherever you we don't, are everywhere. If you're looking somewhere and you don't see queer people, it's not because they're not there, right? And I think right. that's really. It's just I think it's important to to name uh, the kind of. Um, just because like somebody is queer and maybe that's not legible to you or, you know, you're not, they're not out to you. doesn't mean they're not in your space. They're not, they could be in your home at your job. They could be anywhere Um, because of kind of what you're saying. Queerness is a, is a kind is a different kind of um, identity in that it's like really could anyone. Yeah. Any job. Yeah. It's making me think about, um, I'm a little reluctant to say this. 
I'm, I don't mean it as a call out. And so I hope that no one takes it that way. But uh, Casey Gerald, do you know who that is? No. He, <laughs> he is black. He's queer. He went to Yale. He was one of the founders of the Black Men's Union, the BMU. Oh. He was not out at Yale and he was on the football team. Um, And he was speaking at Exeter. That's how I was listening to him speak. And he was talking about how he was, he knew that he was queer when he was at Yale and on the football team, but he didn't come out. And he was talking about like, like the fact that he didn't come out wasn't because the, wasn't because he felt that his teammates wouldn't be comfortable with it, but was I don't know if he really said why it was. I'm presuming that it was, you know, a personal thing or maybe it had to do with other people in his life or whatever. But he was like, it had, like, I could have come out if I wanted to. I really, like, I he was very adamant about, like, I could have come out on the football team if I wanted to. Um, and I just, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, like, I, I, in what you're saying, like, there are queer people everywhere. And if they're not coming out, if they're not openly queer, well, the, you know, if there, if there are no openly queer people in any particular space, that to me is saying one of multiple things, either like you have created a space that genuinely like queer people are not welcome in or do not feel welcome in or like uh, do not have access to, or there are queer people in your space, which is what is most likely. And they feel that those other things are true. Right. Um, because yes, there, you know, there are all, you know, which is not important. to get on anyone about coming out and it's such a personal thing, but like, I'm kind of like, well, if, if you felt like you could, why didn't you? I mean, I don't, I don't know about this specific person and I think it's, yeah. And it doesn't have to be about him specifically, but yeah, I, I mean, kind of on that, I think it is in, it is important to like take people's words in, in, around surrounding coming out. I find yeah. that like, I'm, I'm not, I just don't feel like questioning what people sure. and like, yeah. that's what you've said. That's how you've told this, you know, that's how you understand you literally your life. And I just, I can't, I can't really speak <laughs> to or against that or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think, like the the point that you're making is really valid, um, and like, is there is there really a distinction between, you know, between that kind of um, uh, violence? Might sound like a strong word, but like, either your space is, if you look around and you don't see, you know, you don't see any queer people. Either your space is, you know, not safe for them. And right. they, they have not chosen to participate or they are there, which is like you said, most likely, and they feel it is not safe. Like feeling like something is like that is that those are almost you could uh, make them equivalent. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Um, Be- Because like being closeted, having to conceal something about yourself is violent. Like that is like an additional burden that, queer people, we've been talking about this all month. That is an additional burden that queer people have to carry. And like that queer people in your space feel that they have to carry. And what's up with that? 
Truly. Like that is still putting a burden on them, whether or not, like if you, I think what this is to say is like, if you're okay with queer people being in your space, mama say it loud and proud, let them know, like let everybody know. Yeah. Do not assume that anyone knows that if it's not being said. Very much that. Well, that's in the news. Anything else in the news? Oh, I have something in the news. I watched Luca. Okay. The new Disney Pixar joint. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You have to watch it. It's a queer little movie. Give me, give me, oh, is it? Well. You can't just be doing that to me now. No, 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 no. It's not queer in the same way that, like, Rise of Skywalker was queer. Okay. (laughs) And that maybe there was a lesbian in it. (laughs) (laughs) I see. I feel I'm being baited. Yes. Oh, certainly. Now, let me be clear. (laughs) There is no kissing (laughs) of the queer people. However, big queer vibes all the way throughout the movie. Well. And some queer allegory. Oh. Which I don't want to say more about because it is kind of a reveal. But, like, that's all I'll say on that. Um. Yeah, the <laughs> the New York Times review is titled. Do you know the premise of the movie? Children and sea monsters. Yeah, it's like they're kids, and when they get wet, these two kids, when they get wet, they turn into sea monsters. Like that's what you get from the from the Work. trailer. Like they're sea, they're sea monsters, but when they really they're sea monsters, but when they dry off, they're humans. Oh, that's the tea. That isn't a spoiler. That's what you get from the thing, from mm. the trailer. Um, <laughs> so, the New York Times review is titled Calamari by Your Name. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which I would say is, is absolutely accurate. Like, it certainly looks like someone at Pixar watched Call Me By Your Name, and they were like, oh, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it's good. I wouldn't, well, I want you to watch it and then like, we can really talk. Okay. But you should watch it. I think you should watch it. I think you'd like it. Is there, do I need to Um, prepare in any sort of way? No. Just throw it on any old time? Yeah. Okay. It's fun. It's fun. It is a fun movie. Um, you know, some Pixar movies are like a little less fun. (laughs) Like, not that they're not fun, but like. You mean like the intro sequence of Up? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Up is a movie that I wouldn't be like, oh, this is fun. In the same way that, like, like what's a fun Pixar movie? Ratatouille. Like, Ratatouille is fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Wally isn't, like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say that this one is fun. Like, it's, like, I'm watching it and I'm having fun. It's gorgeous. Mm. Um. I will say that it is, you know, it's Italian. <laughs> yes. And there are p- points throughout the movie when I'm like, is this offensive? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they are straight up like, andiamo ad Santa Mozzarella. <laughs> okay, well, all right. In a way that I was laughing, but I was also like, is this okay? <laughs> Well, you know, that's a healthy voice. That voice that says, is this okay? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like they would have checked that out, you know. All right. You know? 
Um, I would say you should watch it. All of our listeners should watch it so that when we come back and we talk about it, you know what the deal is. Okay, I'm writing down my reading, my my viewing for next class. Yes, gotta watch Luca. Did you ever watch Onward? I also didn't, and you loved that. I wouldn't say I loved it. I liked it. I really now what I loved was the Brandy Carlisle song that she wrote for Onward. <laughs> <laughs> Carried me with you. Well. Um, Onward was good. I would say I liked Luca more. I don't want to say anything else about it. I don't want to give any other opinions until you watch it. Okay, closing the book right there. (laughs) Um, Actually, we're turning the page to talk about what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today? Yes, Moment for the World is over. It is, Kenyon, believe it or not, this is our last episode of Pride Month. Where, see, I demand more time. Where does the time go? Well, we're time travelers, like we said, so. As we've always said. Have they done a Pixar movie about time travel? We'll call them after we get off here. Yeah, that's got it. Yeah, okay. Great. We'll pitch that. Perfect. And make $500 million. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Talking about Pride Month, uh, at some point in our last many episodes, we kind of got into, or we we were about to get into... um, gender expression, which is something that, like, we've touched on before on the podcast earlier this year. Um, But I would just love to kind of talk about it a little bit more because I've been kind of going on a little journey. Oh, yes. Well, here is the place to tell us about the journeys. Um, Well, okay. So I think part of the journey has been, like, you know, coming out of quarantine, like going to events more um, and, you know, like wearing clothes again, you know, like actually like putting together an outfit that people are going to see. So I told the story at some point a couple months ago, but like I was wearing this long black sweater and I like looked at myself in the reflection in this door and I was like, this kind of looks like a dress. Like I could wear a dress work. And it kind of just has been like, you know, I've always been a person who like cared about what I'm wearing and how I look and like, not just for the fancy occasions, but like all the time. Cause it's like fun to look nice. (laughs) Um, like I would, like, I was a person in high school who would wear, like, I would just like, sometimes I'd put on a button down shirt and wear, like, there were people who would like wear a t-shirt every day and there were people who would wear a button down shirt every day, but sometimes I would be wearing a t-shirt and sometimes I would like put on a button down shirt and like put on a belt and tuck it in. Revolution. Like, oh my God, like, (laughs) what are you wearing? And I was like, oh, just, oh, just this oh, i just threw this together but it really like high school you d- wow i mean <laughs> just really got it going on yeah real vera wang over here <laughs> real alexander mcqueen um the but it really is like part of it has to do with my laundry habits <laughs> part of it is like okay what clean clothes do i have um but part of it is like oh like what am I going to wear? Oh, look at this shirt. I like this shirt. What if I put a belt on it? What if I wore a tie today? 
Like I, ooh, like this looks like, you know, like that kind of just is where I yes, am. Yes, yes. Um, Cause I like the idea of like taking something, elevating it, like taking every opportunity to look good, whatever. So part of that has been like, you know, re-entering the world, re-entering thinking about outfits and what to wear and feeling like I can kind of expand my horizons in terms of like stuff that I own. So part of that has been like, part of that has been like getting some pairs of heels. Work. Um, like a little boot with a heel. I, part of that has been, I also have, I like got this little pair of pumps and then I got this, I did end up getting the black dress. Um, and I wore it to, I wore it at our like final chorus concert of the year. Mm-hmm. And I just felt very like, I, I just felt like really clean and put together and like proud of what I was wearing and not in a, I don't know that it was like affirming in a gender sense. It certainly felt affirming in terms of like, I wanted to look really good and like gag the children Work. with what I'm wearing. And I did that because I look great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I want it like I as a person who has not felt a whole lot of gender dysphoria or feelings that I would like specifically label as gender dysphoria. I I have felt dysphoria, but I don't know that I would call it gender dysphoria or associated with that specifically. But it definitely felt like a euphoric feeling mm-hmm. of like I don't know, like I'm an adult and I can wear whatever I want. And like, you know, as long as it's, you know, appropriate for whatever I'm doing, whatever. But like, it was like, yeah, I decided I wanted to wear this thing and I wore it and I looked great and I did it. And I can make my own dreams come true. You know what I mean? Okay. First of all, that's fierce and is, (laughs) I mean, that last part is, is the best part. Last part, best part. (laughs) Absolutely. Make your own dreams come true. Here we are doing just that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I want to, like, are there other other things you're thinking about next? Are there, like, does this feel like it's a, like a, a start of a new, like, expressive, expressive kind of playground? Or was, like, that was, that was fun to do. And I'll continue to live. Um. More the latter than the former. There isn't, like, another thing that right now I'm like, ooh, like, I'd really like to wear that. Um, Yeah, it just kind of felt like... It felt very similar to... I had said at some point, like, I was becoming a sneakerhead because I wanted to buy one (laughs) pair of sneakers. But it's like, in my head, I was like, oh, like... There are so many outfits that I want to put together. Honestly, and I'll tell you what the next thing that's on my list actually is. There's so many outfits that I wanted to put together with just like a plain white sneaker, very much in the style these days. And I just didn't have one. And so like, I wanted to get one. And as soon as I got one, it was like, oh yeah, like I wanted that. I got it. Now, like these outfits that I have been imagining, like I can make them happen. And so in a similar way, I was like, you know, there were all of these like end of year events and I was like trying to put together outfits for the events. And I was like, oh, like, I wish I had like, like, you know, what would really make these outfits pop is like a pair of heels. And then like 
yeah. got some heels and was like, okay, yeah, like now I can really put these things together. And then it was like, okay, well, I really want this dress to make this outfit. Okay, cool. I did it. The thing right now is that similar to the white pair of sneakers, now I just want like a plain black pair of sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I don't, I don't know that I'm like, that's why I'm like, I don't know if it's like specifically a gender related thing. Like if I'm uncovering like a, a new gender expression that is like making mm. me feel very like, yeah, I'm like making this happen. Or if it's just like fashion. <laughs> because literally the, the thing that is next on my list is a plain black pair of sneakers. And you will make those dreams come true. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, and I don't know if those two things like necessarily have to be super separate. You know, yeah. it's like freedom of expression is beautiful and kind of in my mind is kind feels like the point. It's like everyone should just be able to do like put whatever you want on your body. Like, right. That is what it feels like. Is it, it feels, which I guess, I mean, it feels more like being an adult than anything else because it feels like, you know, when you're a kid and like, we would always go to JCPenney, but like, you're going to, you're like, you're going back to school shopping. Yes. And you kind of are like, ooh, like, these are the clothes that I would wear if I, like, were the coolest kid in class or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because, so Father's Day was recently, and uh -huh. we, we, you know, had a had a fun festive moment, and part of what we did was pass around old pictures of all of, you know, all of the family. Yeah. And I... Some of the outfits I was putting together, Jerome, let me tell Please you. Please tell me, tell me, tell me, um, tell me. I mean, <laughs> no good. I have to know. Some like, some some really chunky, chunky mid-2000s, you know, dark wash jeans with Oof, a little... Like a, like a boot cut jean? Yes. Yeah. With some sneakers on. And yeah. then like a... Like a little t-shirt moment. Over the t-shirt, uh, I had like a, a multicolored, like blue, almost pinstripey thing. Okay. But and then over that, I had this light <laughs> blue and white jacket. It looked, oh my god, two jackets. <laughs> you were wearing. It looked ridiculous. Fashion icon. That's what you are. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. Um, I love that. I'm sorry, where were you going? <laughs> Just that, like, <laughs> I kind of, always, like, I always had these, like, grand schemes of, like, okay, these are the clothes that I would wear if I, like, really had my way. Yes. But then, like, you know, they don't have the size or it's, like, clothes are expensive, so you can't just get anything you want, you know. So, like, as I have gradually been able to, like, have more control over, okay, what do I wear? Which is both in terms of like, not that I felt like my parents ever were really restrictive about it, but I think it, I don't think they were more restrictive than what was normal, but I do think that what is normal is a little restrictive, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, it's a combination of like really being able to purely decide for myself and also like being an adult who has a job and like can afford to buy my own clothes that like, now it's like, oh, I really can just get whatever I want. Like, I can really prioritize that for myself. Um, 
And part of that being like swinging open the gates of like, that can mean anything. That could mean like jewelry if I wanted it to mean jewelry. That could mean a bag. That could mean a sweatshirt. It, it sometimes it feels like um, like getting merchandise from like artists or places that I like. Mm-hmm. That like mm-hmm. when I was a kid, it's like no, we're not going to spend fifty dollars on a sweatshirt from whatever place. But now I'm like actually like want to do that, so I'm going to do that, um, and I can do that, which is I am grateful to be able to do. So. It feels like I just, I feel like I'm blossoming. Work. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm kind of curious about if that is related to like gender expression at all, or if it's just like throwing open the floodgates of like I can wear whatever I want. I don't know if they can be completely untied. You know, that's Um, the thing. Because like just the concept of gender in this country, at least, um, is, is restrictive and it like, it seeps into everything. It's, it's everywhere. (laughs) Ah. Ah. (laughs) And so like, yeah, I mean, the whole, the story behind, we might've talked about this at some point on the podcast, but the story behind Respect the Binary, which is the, you know, the bit we do at the end, was because me and my good friend walked into Uniqlo, of all places, a clothing store, and we were on the quote-unquote wrong side of the store. Right. And so someone came up and was like, you know, could you, I can actually show you the clothes, you know, that are for you, people who look like men. And it was like, oh, wow, no, none of that. So it's like, you know, even... Even if you're not looking for gender, gender finds you, and sometimes in non in the non kindest of ways. Right. Sometimes it, it doesn't find you. Sometimes it is thrust upon you. Most times. Some people are born into gender. Other people have gender <laughs> thrust upon them. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I mean, all of this to say, like, yeah, freedom. Well, first of all, we love freedom, and that's what well, we're here for. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you can feel free to express irrespective of, you know, what who's supposed to wear whatever type of clothes. Yeah. Don't <sighs> for second best, baby. Put your love to the test. You know, you know, you got to express how you feel. And maybe then you'll know your love is real. Have you been... Um, developing in your your sense of gender expression? Ooh, have I been developing? Honestly, no. <laughs> Work. I've been feeling stunted. Mm. Um, kind of for some of the reasons you inadvertently named of like first of all, yeah, who needs to who needs to wear clothes when you're not going anywhere? And so like Right. It was like on what occasion will I be wearing things? But now that that's, you know, slowly but surely changing, Um, it is like one clothes cost money and two (laughs) possessions. Sure. I'm really feeling that. It's like having things like I had to move all my stuff out of New York to get back here to California. And when I did, I was like, I don't want to have this much stuff really ever again. Cause this, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not, 
making use of these things. Sure. I don't know. I've, I'm just being struck really recently about how much stuff we take into our homes and then just kind of like put into the garbage at some, you know, interval using our homes as like a storage place for garbage. You know, it's like we bring some stuff in to have, it's like, Oh, let me get an extra pair of X, Y, and Z because maybe I'll need it. Or someone gave me this free shirt or blah, 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 just sticking with clothes. And then, you know, five years later, two weeks later, you're like, I don't want this. I don't need this. This is now garbage. And it's like, well, yeah. I'd like to remove. Yeah. And the like, I'm just holding on to this until at some point I'll not feel compelled to hold on to it and then I'll get rid of it. And it's like, that's. But like knowing that that's where, where right. it's going. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, if I'm moving away from disposable clothes, I would love to get some some pieces, some clothes that I really enjoy, some things that yeah. will last. But yeah. okay, then they cost dollars and cents. They really do. And it's like, well, you want them to like really fit you. And so I, I'm running into like where, like who's making, who's making, who's making good clothes that don't really fall inside of the gender binary that also will fit me. Yeah. And will, will be things that I, you know, would like to keep for, for a good long while. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I found myself at so many times in in the last many months, like doing ridiculous Google searches for, you know, like small boutique androgynous yeah. um, clothing makers. But it's like, okay, well, this is great, but like $1,000 for this isn't really ever going to happen for me. Right. And what is so, this is true about so many things. And you know who is to blame? Capitalism. Yes. Because it's like, like the small places have to make, well, I don't know about have to, but are in a position where they make the prices that way so that they can stay afloat. Um, because all of these other places have like, and again, this isn't just true about clothes. It's true about food. It's true about uh, all types of services. Like, have tricked us into thinking that close should be no money. Yeah. When like that, like that actually is a trick. <laughs> it is a trick. And, and, and be no money so that we can, it is so that we can feel good about throwing them away and getting more. Yeah. Yeah. So that we can constantly, so that we, you know, the quality is terrible. And you, we think of it as trash because it's inexpensive. We think yeah. of it as unvaluable. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't feel like having things like that anymore. Yeah, I uh, love that though. I mean, I do too. Except for <laughs> every, except for now, I look at my closet and I'm like, who's whose are these? Yeah, like no longer do I. I don't know. So if anybody listening out there is like. <laughs> I know I have the, you know, I have the thing for you, Kenyon. I'm looking for black people, queer people that make clothes. Yeah. And I'm looking to support them by buying some of their pieces. Yeah. I love that. I think that this is a good, like, intention to set. It's like, I mean, we're talking about clothes, but in general, I think to, like, have stuff and, like, to have it because you want to have it as opposed to, like, 
I mean, you know me, I like will hold on to anything <laughs> and I'll ship it around the world. <laughs> um, so I, I think this is good to like actually tap into that. Like, I, like to know what you, like to have an intention of what you want out of your clothes. Right. I think is really good. Like Even to if know you what I need know, them like, for. Right. Even if you don't know where you're going to get them or whatever. Yeah. But I think that that's really good. Well, it'll be even better when I'm wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> Someday and soon, girl. Truly. I mean, I have no answer to this question. Beyond clothing, like gender expression, gender presentation, where, how do you feel that enters into your life? I feel like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't think of... We don't have to do this moment. I, I don't think that I have a lot to say other than, like, I just don't think of... I don't find a lot of the things that I do, certainly appearance-wise, to be particularly gendered for me as in I don't think about them as being gendered like I certainly have an aesthetic sense of like this is what I would like to look like in terms of like like hair and facial hair and like what I would like my face to look like and like what I would like my clothes to look like and that those are things that have like that are gendered in the world and that often are gendered as masculine in the world um but but don't feel affirmational because they are masculine to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are some things that I really like and that I really tap into that are gendered as feminine, mm-hmm. um, which kind of you know has been making me feel like. Uh, does that mean that I'm like? some sort of, does that mean that I'm like non-binary because I am not specifically affirmed by like being a man or being a woman? Mm -hmm. And like, like we colloquially all the time use all types of pronouns with one another. Um, I actually was thinking about, I didn't bring this up last week, but we were talking about superfruit and that at some point... Mitch in superfruit videos to say that he likes something would say she loves it or like she hates it, which actually is the origin of we love that. Like that's where the title (laughs) of the show comes from. Um, But I remember starting to say that and just being like, Oh my God, she loves it. Like I, Oh, I like you to say that all the time. Um, And that that feels great. And sometimes I'm like, you know, just feeling comfortable with all these different things um, in terms of pronouns, feeling comfortable with all these things that are like gendered by other people, like all these sorts of expression that are gendered by other people. And then of course, always having been like not super comfortable in like extremely hyper-masculine space, like that feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, to some extent. I mean, there's, you know, also a large extent to which I am able to function in that space and like have elected many times to be parts of spaces like that. Um, But that never being like the place for me. Right. Um, So 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is, I'm thinking about, and I'm not going to remember like where this, who like coined this thought or coined this image, but like there is a writer who talks about, um, or like a queer theorist who talks about, uh, like there is a while when, and often people still are trying to like get to the, if we think of, uh, like cultural interpretations of gender as clouds mm. in front of a sky that is the truth of gender. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, if we can clear enough of the clouds, then we can actually figure out what gender is behind it. Like, what does gender <laughs> actually mean? Um, and this writer who whose name I absolutely cannot remember. And so if someone knows what I'm talking about, please let me know. Um <laughs> is like there is no sky. Like there is no true gender hiding behind our cultural associations and interpretations of gender. Like that's all gender is. It's yeah. a set of, is is an identity constructed by like cultural understandings and assumptions. Um, and so I'm kind of like, uh, like is there a, a truth of it behind all of it that like I should be honoring? But like it, that doesn't feel like it resonates to me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just made a face just now (laughs) because I'm like, yeah, what, like, what could that possibly be? You know, like, I, yeah. All the stuff we made up. Whenever I'm like, oh, well maybe I'm not a cis man. I'm like, okay, well then what is like the other thing that feels really like that feels really true or feels really affirmational that like fits better than like the words cis man or the identity or the associations of being a cis man fit for me. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't really know that there is a thing that like fits better. Cis man checks, does check a lot of boxes of things that like I tap into. Um, It's not everything. Right. And I mean, I don't think that I like the identity markers like that can really be everything. Right. You know, like, uh, I don't know. This might be controversial, but at the end of the day, I feel like, yeah, we like, we really, it is the like, oh, we are all human beings kind of thing. Not to say that these, that, that queerness, that transness, that gender expression, all of these things don't have very real implications in the ways that we come together as people and the ways that we express ourselves in the world. Yeah. But it's like the language is still the language. Like every word that we have, we did make it up. Yeah. And so it's like, if, if you cannot find the words, you've got to make the words. You've got to queer the language. Like, you know, or be comfortable being beyond, you know, linguistic expression it's like yeah i'm my name is kenyan and so like that's what you that's what you got to go with yeah yeah i feel like i feel fine enough with being a cis man that feels it it feels comfortable and honestly easy enough to be like yeah i'm a cis man and like then here are the specific things to know about me jerome like, mm-hmm. like what you just said, um, 
Whereas when I hear other people talk about like finding really affirmational gender expression, I just don't know that I've really ever felt that way, which is why I'm not like, like it, it does not feel like, oh yeah, I'm non-binary. That really clicked. Like that just doesn't yeah. feel like it clicks. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, this is good. I like this. I mean, <laughs> as in, this is part of the talking about it that we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Of like, yeah. I think, yeah, I think people should talk about this all the time. And yeah. like inquiring into our own expressions, like, I feel like the world needs more of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe... You know, maybe it's just so that you come up with something you already had, just like you kind of are doing now. It's like, no, I'm inquiring to being identified as a cis man and like, yeah, that that works. But like now it's I still think the talking about it is important. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Sing, Stevie. <laughs> wow. Okay, Kenyon, I have a binary for you. Okay. Um, which you'll have to respect by choosing one side of oh, the binary. How dare you? Um, white sneakers, black sneakers. Okay, so white sneakers are give. It's like when they're sharp, they are sharp, but they're not yeah. going to be sharp for that long because they're going to get dirty. Uh, Black sneakers are giving you, you know, they'll go with literally anything. They will blend in. They'll dress you up. They'll dress you down. They'll just kind of go whichever way the wind blows. Uh, any way the wind blows. Thank you. Um, but, you know, can also sometimes give off a kind of work shoe vibe. Yeah. So. Which, you know, maybe that's the vibe. I mean, maybe it is. I think I'm going to go... <laughs> I think I'm going to go black just because that's it's currently what I have on and what I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the, the stealth of it all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I have to go white. It's that pop, vibrant, brightens everything up, you know. Work. Summer. Who? You know, summer. I'm unfamiliar with this term. Mm. <laughs> Better get into it, honey. The solstice was just yesterday. It's officially summer. Welcome to summer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Welcome to uh, Q3. Thank you. Oh, now <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Money is the universal language, Jerome. Oh, God. Not <laughs> that. Wow. Um, well, here we are um, for another binary. Mm -hmm. And here I am. Searching for one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to talk about the NBA and the NFL, but we're going to be talking about, we're going to be choosing between, the binary is between MLB and NHL. MLB versus NHL. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let me think. Because I, if I had to rank all four... I do think that NBA is at the top and NFL is at the bottom. Well, 
So we've settled on the two in the middle. Um, here's what I'll say about baseball. It's boring. Uh. Um, I would go to a baseball game to drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's why everyone else goes to. Um, I've never been to an NHL game. I've been to college hockey games. And it was actually kind of fun. It's very high action. Like an, a hockey game is going to be far more exciting to watch than a baseball game. But I feel like I love like the baseball culture. Like you're outside. You, there are songs you sing. Um, <laughs> you could catch a ball, you know? Um, there are guest stars. They come and they throw the ball. You know, that's kind of like, I'm really, t- I'm torn. Um. And the Washington Nationals, MLB, and the Washington Capitals, NHL, have both recently won national trophies. Well. So, God, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, hmm. I really don't know. Let's say... <laughs> uh, let's say the NHL, because that's going to be a more exciting game to watch. Well, I'll be right there with you in the stands. <laughs> Absolutely what's, NHL. What's your me. like local hockey team? The uh the Sharks. Is that still right? <laughs> People are out here just you know how like teams are being what sh- the who sharks? The San Francisco Sharks? How dare you? How the, the San Jose it? Sharks? Yes. Okay. It's not like San Jose has any other team. <laughs> no, we really, it is the Sharks for us. Um, Work in the NHL? Yeah. That's fierce. <laughs> Do a quick fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I know all the sports talk today, it's like, I don't watch, what? I don't watch anything. I know. <laughs> I know. Cut this. And that, cut the cameras. <laughs> We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. There was something that came to my mind and then it left, but it's coming. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was interrupting you. No, I was <laughs> no, 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 I no. Was... <laughs> well, it's thoroughly gone now. <laughs> <laughs> thoroughly gone, darn Millie. Um, you like that? <laughs> please, please.